0: hey guys welcome to not just a hashtag podcast presented by trees of hope i'm your host nicole escobar with my co-host anisa Kristen, and mariah on this podcast we will be discussing the epidemic of sexual abuse its realities and the unfiltered ways in which it has affected all of our lives we share our personal stories and how our lives have been restored While this podcast is for everyone, we do want to let you know that we use several trigger words and this is geared more towards adult audiences. This podcast is for anyone who wants to educate themselves on the statistics behind sexual abuse, signs to look out for, and how to prevent it from happening. So let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of the Not Just a Hashtag podcast. Today is extra, extra special because we have two very special guests. I'll give you one second to guess who they are. That's right. It's our husbands.
1: Hello, Say, Nicole.
0: Hello. <laughs> My name is? Yeah, what's your name, hun? My name is?
1: My name is Rafael Escobar.
0: Escobar? Okay. You're so cute. I love you.
1: Thanks, babe.
2: Hey, Nicole.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, hun, too. How are you? (laughs) Hey,
2: Anissa. My name is David Mellinger. I am married to Anissa Mellinger.
3: Ooh. Yes.
2: And I'm very excited to be here.
3: Aw.
0: And are you, hun, excited?
2: (laughs) Can't you see it on my face?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I can. So we're actually really excited to be here, like I said, and for many reasons, but I think the main one is, is that we get to hear from our husbands, on sexual abuse and what it's like to be married to a survivor which is so important because we want to give hope to people out there I have Mm -hmm. so many single friends who keep saying to me I hope that I have a marriage like yours and I'm like no people don't actually say that (laughs) well I was scared about what what you were gonna say you said back you're like
3: and I'm like no you don't
0: And you know what? And I'm like, you should. Okay. No. And they honestly give kudos to Raf because you are such a graceful, loving, kind, gentle, loyal
3: soul. Oh my gosh, there was so many nice things all in a row. <laughs> uh,
1: I didn't catch a you Repeat again. I know. Yeah. Gentle,
3: yeah. kind, loving, loyal soul.
1: I think you, you missed, missed one too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was definitely more the first time.
0: <laughs> well, anyways, um, so tell me why you guys are excited to be here.
1: I am excited to be here because I hear so many awesome things that my wife are doing, from her mouth, of course, (laughs) but also from everyone around her. How many fun things that are going on, how many things where people's lives are getting changed, so I feel
2: honored to be here, to be a part of it.
0: Aw, thank you, babe.
2: I think uh, that sexual abuse is actually such an under... I don't want to say underestimated, but such a lesser-known cause to so many issues and so many pain... Pain roots. I don't know if that makes sense yes. yeah. in people's lives, and I think that that's really cool that this is addressing that. And uh, I'm excited to be here to support Anissa and to support what you guys have going on. I'm nervous to be here as well because I think about that Family Feud scene where Steve Harvey <laughs> said to two dudes, he was like, "Name which of the swe- uh, which of the seven doors describes your wife in the bedroom or something like that," <laughs> and both guys were just like. Looking at each other and they were both nodding like, no, I'm not going to answer this. And I'm worried about having to answer a question like that, especially for Raf's sake as well. I'm
3: not going to ask you to compare me to a seven dwarf in the bedroom, but I definitely get where you're coming from. It's really funny to me because Raf and David are eerily similar people just in their like demeanors and the way that they process and think about things Mm -hmm. and Mm. also just really aesthetically pleasing (laughs) men and nicole and i okay and nicole (laughs) and i are very similar with you can't get us to shut up and you got Raph and david that are like (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) these uh uh really awesome once you get them to open up and talk it's really extra special because they're more introverted people but um I am really excited that you both are here and get to talk about what it's like to be married to someone who has, you know, come a long way in their own their own healing journey and the way that they process what happened to them.
0: Absolutely. One of the things that I noticed about you two that I'd like to just say um, that I you know want to give a hand clap to is when you guys speak, it's something special unlike Anissa what I. Exactly. That's, <laughs> what I'm, that's what I'm saying. You can't get us to shut yeah, up and then it's you like, have yeah, it's David like, and
3: Raph. It's like really worthwhile yeah. when they talk. It's like <laughs> constructive.
2: Quality <laughs> over quantity. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: Yes, thank unless you. Unless I'm talking about work. Yes, and then it's annoying. That's still boring. quality. It's, it <laughs> bores yeah. everyone, unless they're in my industry.
3: Well, you did say wires like six times when referencing your work. And I was like, oh, that just seems like
1: something I don't don't want to know about. about. (laughs) It's fun.
3: So let's get
0: into it. Um, The first question we have here is, what are your love stories? And I'd love for each one of us to say what we think our love stories is, because what I have found when I am sharing my love story with Raph is that it's very different. (laughs) And so (laughs) I'd love to, you know, you know, Get us on the same page and kind of see <laughs> what, no, I'd love to just hear more about what, you know, what you're thinking.
1: So rewind to, when was this? 1990? Ni- no, it was not long ago. <gasps> oh, no, I was like, Kidding. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, what year are we in? <laughs> 19? <laughs> Grab your popcorn, folks. <laughs> Go on. Buttered, please. <laughs> well, uh, Nicole and I met at church so many years ago, so that must be 16, 17, 18, losing track years ago. So we met at church a long time ago. I was working at the church full time, um, working in the outreach ministry, ministry, getting the church outside the four walls, volunteering in the community. And I was a single, must have been 12 years ago, cause I'm 42 and I was about 29. So we met back then and I was a single guy. I came from doing youth ministry where I was always working with kids and it was really chill. And that's how I know Anissa from back in the day. But uh Nicole was one of the volunteers and Nicole, if you've met her or not, she is very direct and upfront.
3: Stunning. <laughs>
0: well,
1: <laughs> that's on a whole nother level. I'm kidding, go on. <laughs> that's a given. Um but she's very upfront and direct with what she's thinking, what's on her mind comes out of her mouth. So uh, if you haven't met her yet, you will find this out very quickly. So at the time, she thought I was important because I worked at a church and she happened to be a new believer, so she was a little naive back then, you know. Um, (laughs) She shakes her head yes. Uh, So she might have been interested in me as a single 30-year-old male running an outreach ministry at a 20,000-member church. So at the time, I was used to getting a little bit of attention. This is what was going on in my mind, at least at the time that I was used to getting a little bit of attention and I really just wanted to focus on ministry. And she was asking me all kinds of questions about what I thought about dating and et cetera, et cetera. So I gave her my normal, you know, I uh, give Jesus some room here, you know, like to keep a <laughs> little space between us. So I came across to her as a little bit, um, how would you say it, Pam?
3: Condescending. I had a d-
1: different word,
0: started with a D and led with a B. Dork. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes similar carry on oh, okay
1: so all right uh, fast forward um am i fast forwarding too quick yeah no. fast forward x amount of years plus 10, 10 so years maybe eight years whatever um my roommate back in the day was a said pastor at the current said church um he ran into nicole and i hadn't seen nicole in a good 10 years And I get random texts from this old friend of mine um, that just ran into Nicole back then, Oliva, and said, hey, what do you think about Nicole Oliva? I said, hey, I haven't talked to her in 10 years. I know I'm a different person. She's a different person. I don't know her. He's like, you guys should go on a date. I said, all right, whatever. Sure, why not? And so all of a sudden I get a Facebook friend request mm-hmm. from Nicole Oliva and I didn't realize we were on friend, or I didn't even really care at the time about Facebook on that way. So anyways, long story short, I start getting texts from both of them. We set up a first date.
0: I'm sorry, I must stop you right there. You did not get texts from me, hun.
1: Oh, pardon me. This was the said pastor from the said church.
3: Okay. He he got faxes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) He (laughs) got a pigeon drop. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay. Yeah. It's called (laughs) Morse code.
3: (laughs) I I
0: was like, um, (laughs) I don't know that one. It's It's like tap dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So anyways, she did not text me. I Facebook messaged her, I'm sure. Anyway, so we set up the first date to meet up and long story short, almost missed it, flying back from a job in the islands, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And then we hit it off from there on. So met with her, a little nervous, had fun. From the first date, she was very, as I said, upfront and open about what was on her mind, what she was thinking. Um, Oh gosh, so much detail, so many things to go into she wasn't that interested in getting serious and you know i was looking to settle down so the chase began (laughs) (laughs) so we dated for two years yes thanks she gave me two fingers (laughs) two years and we've married and this october will be three years so we dated for a while i chased her i chased her she said she wasn't that interested in me but you know of course the chase makes it more fun so of course i am very focused when i am focused on something and uh, she lost this one
0: <laughs> to my to my success though like is that what they say to my
1: we're both winners babe I, yeah to
0: my winning like i won you mm-hmm. know like i mean i think i know you th- won too but mm-hmm. i definitely won that one so
1: i married up for sure
0: yeah Okay, so Nicole, yeah, (laughs) you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. So my uh, story or my side of this is that um, so make it
1: more love romance kind of thing.
0: So Raph was Mister freaking walk into the. You walked into church and he was the guy walking with like ten groups of girls. And my friend goes, yeah, like so not girls, was just women. <laughs> There was like, like guys, 10 groups girls. of 10. And then she Each multiplies it. Group. Yeah. Five. Each you group know, group. really what that adds up to is like just several women. But it felt like the whole church was walking behind him, all the women. So he walked in and I was like, <laughs> Ralph was a cult <laughs> leader. All of the women.
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Twenty thousand member church with how many people in my and he outreach had a very ministry? Maybe a hundred. <laughs> specific type maybe, of, like out of 20, blonde
0: women. No, and then I see him, and I was like, "He's cute. He's tall. That's all that mattered." And he was godly.
1: Anyways good looking.
0: Anyway, so I one of my friends goes, uh, "You and Raf would be good together." And I was like, "Is that the guy with the thing on his face?" Because you know I had to knock him down a few times. What's so this thing like, on my face? It's a t- um, it's a it's a birth birthmark. Mark. I had something in my eye. Port Weinstein. <laughs> it wasn't Birthmark like, on my left cheek. <laughs>
1: it looks like I got punched in the face. He
0: loves it. It's a badge of honor. Do not feel I sorry have, for him, guys. Oh, I've never felt
3: sorry. Okay. Because
0: some people are Women like. Women love I can't believe no, we're talking men with like, so like anything
3: like a scar or birthmark or something. Yeah, he's not loves a blemish. It. Oh, my God. Anytime
0: we go out, someone walks up to him and goes, Hey, did your what or what did they say? Hey, what happened to your face? It Doesn't happen every time. I was gonna say <laughs> I, I am shocked. I
1: forget it 99% of the day.
0: <laughs> it happens to you more than you think. More she, than she, you it's think. It's so funny. One
1: <laughs> of the fun parts was just like. Babe, you're so confident when you walk around, but you get that thing on your face. And oh it, it was sort of funny because, like, some people have issues. <laughs> I've met people with, like, half their face covered. Oh, yeah, me too. I actually I know someone, a woman that has, actually, I know a couple women. One of us is a close friend of ours that has one on her eyelid. And I know another pastor's wife has one on her cheek. Almost exactly, like, like these yours? people are like besties mm-hmm. right away. You mm-hmm. know, it's that like connection. Yeah. It's like, I guess, when a ginger meets a ginger. No mm-hmm. offense. I, some of my best friends are gingers, FYI. Okay,
3: that's Terry. not offensive to say gender. <laughs> is that like a problem now to say gender? Is, is that not like politically correct? I think it could be offensive.
2: It's allowed. It's it, allowed.
3: It's, it's 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 assumed. David is the most politically correct person <laughs> on the face of this planet. So if he says something is okay, I definitely take that.
2: Well, no, I need to think about that again. <laughs> He's no like, like, Hold offense on, to let any me gender reference. out there. <laughs> it's it's special. We're all special.
3: It's unique. Yeah. Okay, continue, continue.
0: Okay, so anyways, my story time. Thank you. Um, so basically, I see these women flocking towards him. This girl Sandra's like, you should date him, and um, I showed an interest obviously right away. So we go out to dinner. I sat next to him. The reality is, is that you know you got your eye on something. You just kind of make it happen. And but I was coming too strong for him. He was more like he like he like the the. <laughs>
1: I like to chase, <laughs> not to be chased.
0: This the women who are like, like, imbolics. She was sucking her thumb.
1: That's what that sound was. <laughs> Just
0: the babies. So um, anyways, then I knew he was going to be the leader of a missions trip, which was in Orlando. And so I went on the missions trip. We went for a run. A long We run. were staying in the ghetto. We drove together. And he went with me. By are those not,
3: un- those are signs that you're interested in me.
1: <sighs> That's the signs of me being a good protector. Exactly. Yeah. I
3: was going to say, I know that like I would have also interpreted that as like, oh my gosh, he wants to spend alone time with me Thank while you. I'm sweating. Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: like, no, nah, I don't want you to die. <laughs>
3: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I, I sh-
1: want you to get
3: molasses. <laughs> <some electricity. laughs> while I'm in these workout uh, clothes, clothes
0: shorts a little sp- or no, it was a tank top but
3: either way it doesn't yeah. matter yeah i, w- I would have <laughs> thought the same thing Thank but it's you. funny because now i feel like i can look back on things that i really interpreted as like a guy really wanting me and it's like him just being a decent human being
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so then uh that whole thing happened we um had several conversations one of the main things that set t- turned me off was he had broken up with a girl because she pirated music and he that's why he broke up with her it he was like a- limewire no. you freaking <laughs> little That's
3: right it was LimeWire. No, it lime was not LimeWire. It wire was probably the other Napster, one. No, Napster, Napster. Napster. Yeah. The old way. I was
1: a little legalistic at the time. We didn't break up. Actually, if you're speaking of the one person, she actually broke up with me, but there was a lot of division about stealing. At the
3: Did time. you put together yeah. the little like commercial at the beginning of movies? It's <laughs> like, you wouldn't steal a car. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah I, I, It was off a letter I sent
1: <laughs> you to the FBI. You funded
3: yes. it? <laughs> yes. <And> it's like, you <laughs> didn't
1: <laughs> I am a secret FBI agent.
0: So, yeah. So then I, I actually was not that into him after that point. We go home. But I did have this little crush. Have you ever had like that thing where you're like, I'm yeah. not that into him, but I'm still going to. OK, so that was kind of that, that thing. But he um ended up stop work. He's his employment at Calvary ended um, and I started going to church more. So I heard through the grapevine that he was a Rob Bell follower. That was a big, ugly thing. That was that a
1: huge Rob Bell follower before he went totally off the rails.
3: Right. So in my mind, he was... I'm wh- really glad you said that That before he went off the rails. Yeah, pneuma videos. Okay, Rob Bell, for those of you listening who don't know, he's like a really insane heretic who claims like hell is not a real place. Like a lot of his theology is just really like not sound or biblically based. So... Continue.
0: But he
1: used to be very Bible-based when I listened to him and everyone hated him all the time. I don't know
0: what happened to him.
1: He's on Oprah Channel. Well, town.
0: He, yeah, he's gotten a New Age vibe, like, yep. for sure.
1: Made great videos back in the day.
0: Yeah, the Pneumo videos were great. Um, I played them all the time. Velvet...
1: Velvet Elvis. Velvet
0: Elvis was great. Anyways, so... Um, during that time period where Raph didn't work at Calvary anymore, I started to like almost despise him because of certain things. Like he just annoyed me. I don't know why he had this confidence about him. That kind of bothered me. So I saw him at a couple of churches. I, he walked over to me and was like, Hey, what's up, Nicole? And I was like, nothing. And, <laughs> and I said awkward and, walked <laughs> and he away. just walked away, which I was like, fine, go away, loser. But now fast forward to we've been together for five years. And that was 15 years ago, total. So now when your friend meets me at my office, he comes in the at our church. We had a huge falling. Our pastor fell hardcore, did he had a couple of horrible acts that he did. And I was a little angry about it. And so when that friend walked in, I was just very honest. I was like, screw him, F that person. Kind of like just saying things that I would never say now. But um, he goes, I love you. Like, he just loved that I was so the honest odyssey, and raw. Yeah. And so he called Raf right away. Actually, he asked me, he goes, do you know Rafael Escobar? And I go, ew. And he goes, oh, my God, you guys would be so perfect together. And I was like, I, I said, well, I'm not that I'm not interested or whatever. So he goes and texts him. Then he calls me and he goes, I text Raph and he's gonna reach out to you. And I was like, didn't you hear me? I said, ill. And he was like, no, 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 this is gonna be good. And I was like, whatever, talk to you later, bye. So we hang up. I did because Insta- am not Instagram, I Facebooked him because I thought it was the right thing to do, especially if that phone call happened. Within minutes, I get a text message from Raph. Is this still Nicole? I said, who's this? And he goes, Raph, and I go, ew. <laughs> I had to keep it going. So then um, he, we go on a date, and we've been together s- July 10th. Shout out to yard House. Yeah, we went oh, to yard yeah. House I for our yard first house. date. But in that meeting I'll of, like, just. our first date or whatever, there was several things that we discussed that we're going to talk about later that I kind of revealed who I was, some of the things I had been struggling with, some of the um, – like David had said earlier that sexual abuse has some root things. I brought that up at the dinner because I was like, hey, there's w- – You know, why hold back here? Um, So, and yeah, I wasn't interested in RAF, really, but that was because I had toxic thinking and horrible view of what true men should look like, like a gentleman should be. And in my mind, a gentleman should be someone who doesn't return your calls, who ghosts you, who... um, Treat you badly, whom you have to chase.
3: Well, I don't think that was your idea of a gentleman. I don't want to speak for you, but that's what you were attracted to. That's what I was that's attracted what to. I, was attra- I knew it wasn't a gentleman, but that's like, the, those yeah. are the only guys I dated because I was like, well, you're just like.
0: Yeah. I didn't even know what a gentleman looked like. So Me when neither. it came in, yeah. I was like, this guy is, is actually annoying. Yeah, that's what I, I, I was like, he won't get the hint. I don't want to date him. Yeah. So we had to go go over you want to respect
3: me you're disgusting yeah Yeah. you want to
0: be loyal to me and be honest (laughs) oh my gosh yeah Yeah.
3: that was me that was also me (sighs) okay so that's our love story how about (laughs) 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 y'all um loved hearing that first of all
0: we got
1: married by the way she couldn't get yeah you know and
0: then we got married. Happened. It's been a wonderful journey with this man. I, I absolutely adore everything about him. It's
2: been
1: exciting for sure.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, since you've asked, <laughs> we have a love story. Uh, I think I'll go first because... I would prefer that. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if Anissa goes first...
3: David will be fact-checking me the entire time. It's something I've grown to love about him, but I know the entire time I'm talking, David will be like, oh, I, uh, actually, and I'll be like, Ugh. so go.
2: <laughs> well, I, I was not going to say that. I was going to say you're going to say a lot more than I would, so it's better for you to elaborate on me rather than me just reaffirm what you say. That too. Um, anyway, Anissa and I started going way, 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 way back to uh, 2017. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anissa and I were at a point in our life where there were a lot of changes going on. I had just graduated college a little while before, and I was working at an advertising agency. She was working at a school as a middle school teacher. I had known about Anissa. I had a class with her while we were in college. We went to the same university. We went to the same high school, but we didn't actually go there at the same time. But we had a lot of mutual friends through both high school and through college. And I remember one friend actually telling me Oh yeah, I remember Anissa like had commented on like I don't want to say being interested in me, but like that she had commented on me and like me being being appealing to her. And uh, apparently that might not actually have ever happened, but because I, <laughs> but because I thought it had happened, you know, I, I had my eye open for Anissa, and I was like, okay, okay. And um, one day I was on Instagram looking through things and like. I saw she had a story on her Instagram that said like something about hating country music. I was like, ah yes, Sorry, I Ralph. agree. <laughs> um, it was something about like how <laughs> you can't look at a person the same after you hear that they like country music or something like that. And um, I was like, yes, I agree. So I said like, I said like, oh yeah, I totally agree or like this speaks to me or something like that. And from there, you know, we were just chatting. Here and there, and we kept chatting and chatting and chatting. And I was like, you know what, this girl is really interesting. We kept talking, and um, it it came to the point that we were talking so much that we were like, hey, let's hang out, you know. And Eisa thought I was dodging her, but I was actually busy doing things. Um, but once I was done being busy doing things, I was like, hey, would you like to hang out sometime soon? We went to hang out, and um, the first night that we hung out. I was like, "Hey, I'm coming to pick you up. You tell me a place in your area that's like a good place to go because I don't really know it." She was like, "Okay, let's go here." So we I pick her up, we drive there and we're talking so much as we get together that we parked and we were still talking. By this time it's like 7:30 probably, right? Yeah. And um AM PM? Yeah, 7:30 p.m. PM. I For was going to
3: say, "Well, that's important." Yeah, yeah. It was mm-hmm. 7:30 p.m.
2: And So we park and we're still talking. What's funny is we had talked for like two weeks over a message without seeing each other. And like there was so much we wanted to say to each other because we had so many mutual friends and so many short stories to share that um, we actually made a list of the stories that we wanted to share in a shared note because it was like, okay this is too much to text about and it would be really funny if we like talked to each other about these. We never pulled up the list that night, but by the end of the night, we had gone through most of the list. And um, we get to the place where we're having dinner and I was like talking to her She was talking to me and we were both just like sitting there really comfortable. And then I was like, honestly I don't want to get down. He
3: didn't say that he thought that
2: I thought I said it at one point like
3: no. Yeah David I guess had well, I don't know. I don't want to say so, what he thought. Go. so
2: Anyway, I thought I don't want to get down like I'm enjoying this conversation and um, I can tell she was not in a rush to get down And I think at one point after we had been in there for a while, I was like, you know what? Like, I really don't want to get down. I'm having a lot of fun in here talking to you. She's like, yeah, me too. I was like, okay, there's no rush to go in. Like, we won't go in until, like, we're down to go. And we were not down to go in until 5.30 a.m. And by that point, um, it was time to take her home. (laughs) (laughs) And so we spent the entire first night talking to each other. And, like, we, we leave. And obviously, like, I'm getting home on, like, this super high, like, oh that was so fun like we just had the best time and like from there on it was like a series of us doing that over and over again where it was like we got together we went and talked and like stayed up all night and didn't talk any or like didn't stop talking until like the next day and we would take like random day trips to like orlando and saint augustine and all of this to say is we were spending a lot of quality time together i had just quit my job because i wasn't happy where i was And also i didn't have a lot of bills to pay so i was like i think i'm gonna just take some time to figure out what i want to do and Anissa was on her winter break so we were like inseparable for that time when those things started and um just more and more i would go up to visit her in west palm beach i was living in fort lauderdale at the time and we just kept deepening the relationship more and more and we were very crazy um excited young people and we started this this was a year ago we are pretty much the same age a little over a year ago but (laughs) anyway um the topic of marriage came up and we were like talking about like you know i think you are everything i'm looking for and and vice versa and we started discussing these things and having these conversations and like more and more the more we got to know each other the more we were like this is so right for us this is so right for us and Whether or not we were full of ourselves and, like, convincing ourselves of that that, or if that was actually true, we'll never know. (laughs) Honestly, it was probably a big mixture of both us being really stupid and, like, also us being very good for each other. But either way, we kept following that and um, we got married. And ever since, we have been the most happy people in the entire world with zero problems in our lives. Exactly. (laughs) With uh, no fights, no financial issues, nothing, like everything has been so flawless in our lives similar Um, to our story of course yeah (laughs) the (laughs) last
3: 20 seconds has been sarcasm (laughs) yeah
2: um but either way it has been a remarkable experience and an incredible experience and it has been something that each day just proves to be more and more bright like more and more for us and more and more ordained by the lord that like i brought you here and this is like for you
3: wow um, I got a little teary eyed. <laughs> uh, I feel like I don't really have that much to add, actually. Um, I thought, you know, for me, um, when it comes to like looking back at my relationship with David, like I had always dated older guys and David is like a year younger than me. Um, And so I had immediately discounted him. And also the girl that shared that little tidbit of information was that was not accurate. I don't recall ever saying anything about David like being attractive or appealing to me. And so when he told me, he was like, oh, this mutual friend we have, he said her name like, you know, I got to be honest. She told me that you were interested in me. And I was like, oh, really? Because I just met him. So I wasn't about to be like, well, that's not true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I never said that, but. I told him a little bit later on, I was like, it's really funny. I don't I don't know why she told you that because I don't ever remember saying that I thought you were attractive. I don't know if she was trying to hype him up or, like, what was happening. But I had never really considered David as anything, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But, like, we had a class together, and mm-hmm. I just... I knew who he was friends with and I was like he's just a little boy like he's younger than me and like we're not in the same place in our lives and so when he had dm'd me it was a very David's talking about how we were in like a very big transitional phase I was drowning as a teacher up in West Palm and David now I look back and it's like he was such a like life preserver emotionally like he made me laugh so much and I was working at a title one school With kids that came from incredibly broken homes, single parents, you know, I was seeing just a lot of like desperation day in and day out. And David was such a lifeline and he became like, it sounds so cheesy, like he became my best friend. But like David literally became my best friend, like overnight, Mm -hmm. he became my best friend. And I did think he was trying to dodge me because he was like, oh, I have friends in town. No, Family. family. And I was like, oh, that's convenient that... While we're like starting to talk and I want to hang out like you can't and I thought he was like one of those guys that just wants to hide behind their phone and like only talk via text or message but like is super weird about getting together in person so I was like oh that's such a red flag so I was surprised when he was like okay my family's gone let's hang out and I was like oh (laughs) okay (laughs) so um honestly yeah David is my polar opposite in a billion ways and then we're the same in the ways that I believe, like, are really important. Like, having the same sense of humor, having the same goals, believing in the same God, hello. So, like, I mean, he is he is my love story. He's my favorite. He's my best. You guys are so cute. <laughs> okay, I love that. And
0: thank you so much for sharing. Um, I, I love what you said because even though you're saying, like, young and crazy and falling in love and, you know, a little bit of both, like, we're older (laughs) and you and there's a little bit of that too you know young crazy making risky moves and and deciding like hey this is the person i'm going to spend the rest of my life with Mm -hmm. and raf was 40 i mean 39 when we got married
1: 39 i just turned 40
0: okay whatever that's right and that's (laughs) in the christian world that is old
1: that's ancient. Okay,
0: and that's because you were looking for the right one. You in were the Christian world, that is old to get old. married, yeah, not just old married. in
3: general. But no. if, yeah, people, it sucks. It's so stupid to me <laughs> because I feel like at church, if you are like in your 30s or 40s and not married, people are like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for you. Like, what's happening? Like, why aren't you marrying? And it's like, because they're freaking living their lives. Like, I thought <laughs> I was going to get married at like 30-something, like late 30s, early 40s yeah
1: i don't regret it it was good
0: yeah me too yeah um i i held out because i never wanted to settle exactly you know, and raf as well and i remember <laughs> one day i was at the mall remember and this girl walks up to me and she goes many have tried nicole but only you have gotten i was like oh, do i want to punch you in the face or high five you right now i don't know <laughs> but yeah i mean the reality is is that um there is not maybe one person for someone out there but I do believe that God destines people to be together. And I firmly believe that God destined you two to be together and us two mm-hmm. to be together. So Agree. we're just like living our destiny right now. <laughs> okay. True. So the next question that we want to ask is what were you thinking and feeling when we shared our sexual abuse stories with you?
1: Um, I think the first day we went on, you were very upfront and you spoke of an instance of, um, a leader in the community who had uh, abused his power and was chasing you uh, this isn't your early on story of sexual abuse or um, molestation but it was it was one of your later on experiences and I was actually quite shocked I literally was puzzled and didn't know what to say but I'm always someone who is very um, raised in the church and absorbed the actual teaching of being graceful and loving um So not to react in anger, but to react in acceptance and love, and to hear the story out and then process my thoughts. And so it's something to where I was very much open to your honesty, which was awesome, but it was definitely threw me off the first day on that she was so open. And like I said, if it's on Nicole's mind, It's coming out of her mouth. So she definitely lets you know what's going on in her head. And that was one of the first things she just wanted to be upfront. I don't know if she was trying to scare me off at the time or if she was just trying to be brutally honest with where she just came out of in the season she wasn't in in her life.
0: I was literally looking for a um, life, Jack, like a life preserver. Preserver, Preserver. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I just ran into another person that was super influential, worked alongside this person, and they said that I did the same thing to them. And was Mm -hmm. like, and I I couldn't even remember saying it. And the only conclusion I had is that I was felt so trapped in the sexual harassment of my, and I felt like I couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So it made me like, want to talk about it
3: to people basically saying like, what do I do? Like, man, yeah. And two, yeah, like I hearing you like the the main thing I think of is I feel like you were looking for someone to be like, this is so not OK. I'm going to intervene on your behalf and do something for you because you cannot be treated like this. And I think even subconsciously being like, I'm going to freaking tell people until someone does something. Exactly. Absolutely,
0: and I don't even know at that point was he called out on the thing or yeah, that it was, was already sh- out. Yeah, cause yeah, because it was, was yeah, it was April, was and it was only a couple a m- yeah. couple months later, so it was still fresh in my mind mm-hmm. too. So that's yeah, also. For sure. So yeah, go on. Sorry.
1: Okay, so going back to m- my response of her sharing her experience was that um, when she was she shared her experience early on that I've heard many. I mean, if you I grew up here in South Florida, so. As in my not getting married till I was forty, so I dated one or two other girls in my past. So I was shocked at how many looking back women I have talked to at the round the age of twelve. Of most women I've talked to in in my my experience, there was some form of sexual abuse, be it a neighbor, be it a family member. That um, I was always shocked by it when Nicole shared it to me. It's always something that drives in me nicole working for trees of hope i literally ask her not to share that much with me unless it's really something that affects people we're interacting with because it brings this anger and rage up inside of me that i want to go hurt someone it's my only response is to go fix the solution you know it's it's i have a very capitalistic punishment kind of mentality in that essence where you know i'm thankful for grace but you know there there's there's reasons why things need to be stopped and people shouldn't be affected by other people like that so there's a lot of rage that build up in me and frustration when Nicole um, told me that and also wanting to comfort her. Um, and in the type of person I am, I'm very comforting, I'm very affectionate, very touching, but Nicole from her family and from her experiences- is Not like that. Not that yeah. way at all. So it was going and learning to want to do that, that it's not the right appropriate thing that I have to learn different ways of comforting and loving Nicole.
2: True. And David? So with Anissa, I feel like a lot of these stories came out in in segments, you know, like kind of of her past. I didn't hear it all at once. It wasn't her story. It was just like at different points of us being together, she would kind of elaborate a little more on some of the things that happened in her past. And um, I remember probably the bigger one she told me was uh, when we were having lunch on a day trip that we took to Universal Studios and um i remember like sitting there eating with her and her telling me the story and as soon as she was done i was just like i'm not really hungry anymore and she was like yeah me neither and we like threw away our like full plates of food and like went to like harry potter world or something and, um, <laughs> but i think i think my biggest reaction to it was more surprise and more shock just because you know in my life i've only known maybe one other person tell me a story that serious and that was not a person I had romantic feelings for so it was just like very shocking and I think um you know I'm very like tunnel vision minded in the sense that like I hear about that so I think about just that I had no idea like that there were other factors that were involved in that in terms of like how has this affected her with x y and z in her life things that aren't directly correlated to abuse or to sexuality or anything like that but that are still within her and i wasn't there at that point you know so it was mostly my reaction was just like surprise and it i think it like deepened my feelings towards her a lot because i felt like you know this this poor little girl you know like went through something like this and like i'm so sorry like of course like that makes so much sense that like she is the way she is because like she has been so hurt by this you know and um i think it's a side of her that i learned to see and a side of her that like most people don't see when they first meet her and first talk to her and they don't see the roots of it um within her so it can lead to a lot of misunderstanding as well so i think i just considered this as an opportunity that i had to understand her better and to kind of get where she's coming from more. And um, in terms of what that implied, I didn't really think about it too much. And I think I thought, well, let's see what this implies more and more like as I get to know her. But that's pretty much where I was at.
0: Thank you. I love that you shared that. And um,
3: I forgot about that.
2: Yeah.
0: I
3: like forgot about that Universal Studios lunch date. <laughs> that we paid like $40 dollars for like a chicken wing. Of course. <laughs> it was
2: like a rotisserie chicken in like Jurassic Park or something yeah. like that. <laughs> the big thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
3: Actually, a full blown chicken. Yeah, and, um, I, I cut
2: yours for you.
3: Yeah, I was so sick. Oh my gosh, you remember I was so sick. Yeah, and it was so cold that it day. It was freezing, and David and I, I don't know what was wrong with us. We didn't check the weather, everyone was bundled up. I mean, granted, we're in Florida, but it was like 50 degrees. Yeah. And I was in like running shorts and a t shirt, <laughs> and I was like already sick, remember? So I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cold. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ooh, okay. So do you think that there were any specific relationship barriers or problems that you faced that were tied to the sexual abuse like while you were dating? Do you think that there were problems that you encountered now in hindsight that were tied to abuse? For example, like a general lack of mistrust or like feelings of betrayal like even when you weren't like intentionally doing anything, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think of times where Definitely the, the lack of trust, and uh, that's still something, you know, that is a, as a um, an issue, you know, married for three years, and it's an issue that we're still working through, and the lack of trust in the sense of fully opening. Nicole has opened her heart to me. I know she has. I know she's giving me her life. I know that, you know, she's my wife, and I totally trust her. I d- So I know there there's the trust issue comes up every once in a while me being a guy who people rely upon me at work and clients rely upon me and at times when that trust issue comes up where she's like "Oh, i just don't trust you on that and that comes to some history between us where um when we first started dating she said you know i've dated guys that are into porn and is that a struggle for you i said well it's not a struggle for me because i really felt like i never struggled with it but I had dabbled with it. So I'm Mr. Technical on that, you know, <laughs> legalese kind of word, yeah. you know. So I, I was like, no, it's not really a struggle for me because, you know, I got a control of it, you know, but it was uh, somewhat of a struggle for me. You know, it was a temptation that came in out of my life. It wasn't something where I was addicted to it for years on end and it was really hard to get out of. It's, it was something to where I, on occasion, stumbled into. And in our dating season, you know, I did struggle with it a bit. I stumbled into it, and it was something she had flat out asked me out of nowhere. I was like out of left field, and I was just like caught off guard. And I'm a guy that, you know, I might be detailed on this, but my memory is one where it can be convenient for me at times where I don't recall details very well. And so sometimes she thinks I'm lying. But yeah, there was a season we went through that um, I had to very strongly pursue her at that point. uh, in that season where I had to regain her trust after having lying to her about my, my struggle, which I said was, was it really a struggle? And it, it brought a good place for me and accountability in my life for someone who has been through something that I had helped me overcome a struggle because of, I thought only I was ever affecting myself as a male with those things. You know, there, I'm not offending anyone else, but of course, being attached to trees of hope, I know it's affecting more than just myself. It's not only affecting my wife; it's affecting the women who are on the other side of um, the pornography or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Um, my eyes have been opened so much more that um, being married to Nicole and and dealing with those experiences and and helping me have accountability in that sense to where it was I thought it was just affecting me, mm-hmm. you know. And God's used that to help me overcome things and move to another place in my life with that. Uh, but yeah, definitely the, the trust issue, um, and there's still seeds of that at time. Uh, like we all have our struggles. Where um, I do remember Cy Rogers many many years ago. And what why do I know that name? Cy Rogers. Um, He's like
0: the big um, international speaker on how um, same sex relationships. Yeah, I know are. that name. Okay, sorry, He was continue. big
1: at our said <laughs> church. He's spoken many times. He's yeah. based out of Orlando. He came out of a. He was about to become a, drive- a woman. He was a man yeah. about yeah. to become yeah. a woman, yeah. and then God intervened. Yeah. Um, and it, well, I bring him up because he um, he speaks very effeminate. And the first time I heard him speak was in probably the late nineties, in ninety seven, speaking at a men's conference of all things. You know, so you have burly men speaking and all this, and then you see this flamboyant, very artsy um, guy getting up there talking, very, very flamboyant, very dancy, flowy kind of personality. That was speaking boldly, but the whole reason I brought him up is that what he said is like I came out of this lifestyle, and it's like you ask a, a German who learns how to speak English, and he still has a German accent. He's like, I still have an accent, you know. And I think that when we come out of um, for we come out of a certain thing, there's still things that are lingering on you that you're re- dealing with your whole life,
3: like remnants. Uh, yes,
1: mm-hmm. the <coughs> very good word for it, remnants that we all deal with and of the trust or of even dealing with uh sins in our past you know or things that have affect us in a certain way so i think we all have those things that we're uh still be working through our whole lives so, you know we are god's poema you know we're our work where we're, mm-hmm. we're yeah. <laughs> we all continue you, to yeah. keep growing and, and pushing arrived. ourselves mm-hmm. i know i haven't that's for
2: sure
0: i trust you i don't i don't i don't <laughs> i never struggle with trust it's the it's when you <laughs> pose a, a like a statement to me of something that I'm like, what are you, okay, this is what it's about. Gotta
1: watch your words.
0: <laughs> this is what it's about. I'll say w- we eat clean. And my husband, when I come home, I say, what did you oh, have for lunch today? What did you have today? And he goes, I had two chips. And I go, there's no way you had two chips.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> How so many chips did the other you day actually I said have? I had six Skittles, And she's like, no, you ate a whole bag. I'm you like, ate no. a whole bag. I ate six Skittles. Uh, I was allowed to have a fruit. So I'm like, huh, that's my fruit. (laughs) There you go. It would just happen to be there. So I gave in to temptation and I had a few Skittles. I think I'll be okay.
0: But my point is, is that I have to ask him all the time. Literally had six Skittles. I have to ask him. But uh, he could just come home and he's done it the past two times or whatever. He's come home and he goes, babe, I had an egg salad for lunch. And the only reason why this is a big deal is because we're on this, we're on this journey right now of doing something and we're paying for it and so i go i go to him Milk i don't trust systems. you in that <laughs> it doesn't mean i don't trust you it means that in this specific area where i know you're weak i don't trust what you're saying <laughs> but do i think you're gonna go have sex with a random girl or some girl no i never question that i don't look through your phone
1: there's no date <laughs> exactly
0: i don't even know your facebook login oh.
1: Well, Facebook Real trust Facebook or Instagram <laughs> have you or whatever? looked at my myspace
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're really trying to get that myspace back no, going. no <laughs> it's been a lot of like dumb TV shows
1: I've watched recently
2: same question for me yes yes so how has uh how is our relationship while we were dating how was it affected by sexual abuse I would say um I think there were a couple times where Anissa questioned my motives with a few things and like for example after our first i kissed her on our first date and um late, later on she was like she was like oh i thought maybe you weren't taking me as seriously because you kissed me and i was like that's funny because i went on a date once where i didn't kiss the girl and later on she was like i didn't think you were serious about me because you didn't kiss me like, before the end. So I was like, I wanted to show you I was serious about you. And also, I wanted to kiss you, you know. And um, I think for her that was hard because she didn't know if that meant. Like, I didn't respect her enough to not kiss her that night. And um, I think there were a few other things, too. I know um, it was very easy to border on on the line of giving off the impression that I didn't respect her you know, with certain boundaries and stuff like that. And um, I think a lot of that, with a lot of that, Anissa said, what is it about me that it's so easy for me to be, like, an an object or, like, a physical object rather than, like, someone deserving of a relationship? And at the time, I'm thinking, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I thought this was, like, such, like, a good relationship. Like, we're both so in love with each other and we're both, like, enjoying each other so much and we're, like, only seeking to take this to the next step. Like, eventually leading up to marriage, but I think, um, because of past experiences, those weren't taken as, like, a naturally progressing relationship, but instead it was taken as, like, I'm not being taken seriously, or, like, this might just be, like, one of the other relationships, which, which I understand,
3: you Yeah, know? well, what was really hard for me was, like, I remember there were literally two different guys that, like, I did sleep with them on the first date, and... I remember that both of them said like, oh, I've never either like I've never had a one night stand or I've never slept with a girl on the first date. Granted, like David and I literally just kissed. But I think I even straight up asked you, have you ever kissed a girl on a first date before? Maybe. And um, I feel like you said no, whatever, besides the point. But I felt like, okay, well, why is it that guys are so ready to like respect other girls? And like for me, like I'm always able to be like the first like one night stand or the first like girl that they've slept with on a date so that was my fear was like oh my gosh this like really good church boy like does he think that he's just gonna get away with stuff because i'm like an easy girl or uh, that was my fear so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but david's right about all that i did question (laughs) i did question motives a lot just Mm -hmm. because of what i had been through
2: and um i think there were some other things just like some personal Issues that arise from being a, a survivor of abuse, you know, where some of Anissa's anxieties and her actions were rooted in causes or rooted in results of sexual abuse. And I, I, although didn't make the tie that it's like this is all stemming from one thing or like a lot of this stems from one thing, I could understand it coming from her. And I think uh, a lot of people didn't see it that way. Her and I had some issues with some of my childhood friends when we were when we were dating and even after we got married, that um, I think if I had never been with her, I would have been on their side saying like, yeah, this doesn't make sense, like what's going on? But like, because I knew her, because I was in on her side, like, I was like, no, I understand. I understand where this is coming from. And I felt like I was in a very hard place between those two things, thankfully. Everything is good, and um, thankfully we're all great friends now. But at the time, it was not always the easiest. But I would say that that's pretty much everything for
3: mm-hmm.
2: for that question.
0: Uh, what are some things you do to celebrate progress and recovery?
1: I think I know for us, we love to go out to eat. We love trying new restaurants. We love getting a nice bottle of wine somewhere and. Uh, trying a new meal or a a local spot we like like a foxy browns or something where you know you can get a a quality meal and a decent bottle of wine for not five hundred dollars so I mean I know we definitely like to go out and spend time one-on-one because we both live such crazy lives and busy between trying to keep up with family which is really hard to do but let alone our own professional careers um, and then having dogs and older house um, and trying to renovate it. It's definitely very consuming and with those responsibilities. So we'd like to go out to dinner as usually our go out um, And if we can we'll get to the beach on rare occasions and just go for a little walk and a chat
3: Walk in a chat. Love that hmm.
0: <laughs> um, I'd like to just add a little something that also so for me when I see Raf um, when I at least tell me if I'm wrong, but you know, you st- we've been together for three years, married, and I, I, you live with me one-on-one, so you see that I'm, I overcome certain things and certain um, struggles I used to have that maybe I'm getting better at, and one of the things I notice that you do is, he's words of affirmation. Um, he's mm-hmm. always like, you know, you're doing great, babe. I believe in you. Don't worry. You got this. Um, you know, something like that, and so that's very helpful for me because that's how I receive love. And so it spurs me on to want to keep getting better in that specific area. So
3: I get that. I'm the same way.
0: All right, next question. What do you do when Nicole or Anissa experience being triggered? Give examples.
2: What I usually do, which I'm not even sure if that's the best method, is I immediately try to diffuse the situation and like try to get to a calm point where we can like talk through it. You know, like if Anissa starts to get really stressed out or if she starts to get very anxious or whatever the case is, like I like being like on a level place where we can just talk through this a little bit. And, you know, I know I'm very prone to trying to reason with her through these things when a lot of times like reason doesn't really make much of a difference, even though something makes sense, it doesn't change the way you're feeling. And um, I'm not like that. And I've had to learn how to do that with Anissa a lot more. Uh, But even, even when I'm, just trying to be understanding and trying to like be with her in those points. I always try to diffuse like whatever the strong emotion is at the point that might lead to more spiraling or to worse results because of it. Um, Listening is powerful. Um, Understanding and repeating back is powerful. Um, And just like knowing different methods to help is powerful. Like I remember the other day I looked up and it was like, Oh, one thing that's really good for anxiety attacks is if you, like, lay down behind the person, put your arms around them, and just kind of put pressure on their chest while you're hugging them. The first time I did that to Anissa, she was like, "Hmm," (laughs) like, in her anxiety, like, crisis that she was having at the time. So, it's just, like, continuously, like, learning what you can do. You looked that up. I did. I watched a video on a married couple where the wife struggled with PTSD and anxiety and that was one of the tips that they gave and it worked really well. Yeah. I've done it like two or three times since. Um, other than that, like just always understanding and always trying to comfort in ways that don't always make sense. You know, I'll I'll always throw a tidbit in there of reason and some, when it's minimal and when it's met with a lot of other ways of understanding, it's usually received well.
0: You don't have to answer if you want to. No,
1: I mean, that's one thing is if Nicole's, it's usually someone's in a place. Nicole gets in a place where she's not believing a truth Mm. about herself or a situation, and it's um, a panic state or whatever. I just try to speak truth to it. Um, What God thinks of her, what's actually happening, how uh, simple things to think that are true that will help her pull out of it, and it's just to me it's it's staying calm not reacting to a situation because reacting makes it worse but to speak truth I mean I think that's one of the big things that I feel like God allowed me to do in certain circumstances where Nicole's been in a bad place
2: Mm -hmm. I think also being able to remove yourself from whatever is at hand is also very important because a lot of times a result of whatever is arising might be a little personal might be a little like anger towards me or you say something that like might not rub me the right way and that might be like something I could take personally and it's just remembering you know like right now Anissa needs love and she needs help she doesn't need to be held accountable for the words she's saying right now or for like what she's feeling that she doesn't want to be feeling at the moment. Thanks
3: wow, you guys just got it all together I <laughs> over know, there. I, I know. They're like, um, yeah, when she's just spiraling out of control. <laughs> and she's just like I a just mess. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Um, <laughs> okay, so the next question is, has, how have you found a place in the calling that God has put on Nicole or Anissa's life?
1: Um, it's definitely a different ministry <laughs> than I've been involved in <laughs> in the past. Um, it's something to where i it's a lot of us do with encouraging nicole and uh being there to support and fill in with either um i think emotionally i know because i know it's very taxing i know sometimes uh we take turns doing the dishes for a simple practical thing um, and often she does it more often than i do uh, because i do most of the cooking but it's something to her like just for example the other night uh she came home and she had a wreck day and i know i had made most of the pile because my cooking ability piles up dishes um so obviously <laughs> I, I saw that she's just burned like she just wanted to zone and, and decompress from the day so of course like a simple practical thing is picking up and doing some of the things that she might do on a, a simple level um or to supporting um just with getting people i know who are of affluence, uh, to speak of Trezo Open and dote about my wife, you know, and to help to bring the financial means in behind as well. Um, it doesn't always help, but sometimes it does. <laughs> but it, it's, it's always great to uh, speak highly of your wife as well, and um, I'm very proud of her and very excited for what she's doing and what God's using her to do here. Um,
0: Thank you. You're
2: welcome. I would agree. I would say um, it's just being a place of support for her and um I like to give her as much as possible of it that means um not really thinking myself a lot when it comes to you know just being able to do what I can on my end to make what she does possible on her end and that means like you know taking up little gigs here and there and like getting up a little bit earlier to make breakfast and coffee before she has to go into work because I work from home so I have it a little bit easier. Um, but just, I, I know my personality, I'm very inclined to like, I read a profile on it that said like, oh, when this type of person has romantic feelings for another person, they try to make their life as easy as possible. I know I'm like very inclined to do that. And um, I try to never ask much of Anissa and kind of just do what I can uh, for her yeah that's
0: awesome and wh- i just want to say one thing that you are not acknowledging but you kind of briefly said so coming here to trees of hope um i took a huge pay cut and also a huge um pay cut and i lost a bunch of benefits, benefits. Yeah. yeah like a whole bunch um so coming here it was a hard it was really had to be a calling it couldn't just be something like you know and me and raph spent Year like a year praying about it. And um, I just definitely felt like that was where the Lord was leading us. And one of the things, we had just bought a house too, like in our mortgage, um, we ha- we own a condo and I have a mortgage. So um, basically I went to Raph and I was like, are you okay with this? Because what's going to happen is is you're basically going to be supporting me. <laughs> and he was like, absolutely. It was not even a question, you know, and that's what I, I just thank you so much for always like, you support me emotionally you support me physically (laughs) but you also support me (laughs) financially and it's never a question it's like never a question he inherited debt he inherited Mm -hmm. problems he inherited all this stuff and it's never been like a problem to him and and you know one of the exciting things is you know as the future grows here at trees of hope i'm obviously going to take on more responsibility and more things like that and um Raph is just along for the ride, 100%. And anytime I call him and say, "Babe, this exciting thing's about to happen," he's like, "Duh, let's do it. Let's take the risk. Who cares?" And so I need that because I'm very like, well, if it doesn't make, if it's not on paper perfect or if it doesn't look right, like I'm afraid to jump in. I am a risk taker, but um, I need someone who's gonna be like, "No, let's absolutely do that risk, risky thing." and like leave it in God's hands so
1: yeah it's definitely God's timing for the season I'm in from when I was financially (laughs) making nothing working at a church to where a season of over a decade of working in an industry where God's uh, grown me as a businessman and also as uh, financially to where I be able to do more things so it's it's a it's a really cool season where God's doing that I mean it's older in my years now and it's just that season of life where You've learned a lot more, and your influence in the community is more, and it's just God's God's allowed those things to happen in perfect timing.
0: Yep. All right, next question is, how do we—this is for me and you, Anissa. Mm-hmm. So how do we um, find our place in our husband's calling?
3: Well, <coughs> David— it's hard because like there's a lot of times that I feel like it's easy for me to like hop in the driver's seat and be chasing after like my dreams and my goals and there's so many times that I look at David and I'm like what are your like biggest dreams like what are your biggest goals and David has said like I always envision myself being able to provide really well for my spouse and my family and so like I know that for me, just like Nicole was saying, like they inherited, you know, like talking about her and Ralph, like he inherited debt and he inherited problems. And like I have bawled my eyes out like so many times to David because I'm like, I feel like I brought nothing to the table, but like awful bad things like, you know, I have so much baggage and like I have like student loan debt and like all these different things. And like I haven't brought anything good to your life, but like problems And David has like never once allowed me to stay in that emotional place and like has always been so quick to affirm like you have brought like amazing things into my life and you're my best friend. And like I would take on like, you know, a hundred billion more dollars in student debt and be married to you like I don't care but it is it's hard because I know like even our honeymoon like we went to the Middle East (laughs) to work with Syrian refugees because that's a huge passion of mine and David is just so so supportive and so I guess when it comes to like how do I support my husband and his calling like that's something I still need to like work on and like David and I need to communicate more on that like reading that question it's like how am I supportive of David I guess like you know I have such an incredible example in him of how he supports me and like at Trees of Hope Nicole sawing met how she took a huge pay cut like it's hard like we're a newlywed couple and I don't make a lot of money here but like I love what I do and I love who I work with and so it is worth it for me but that means like David having to work more and us like Not ever being able to do anything. (laughs) But it's like, okay, but I'm working at a place that I feel like very fulfilled in and like I love what I'm getting to do. So, all that to say, I need to be a more supportive Mm -hmm. wife. (laughs) Well, for me, that one is
0: um, sort of easier because I have seen Raph in his specific calling at our church. And it was to, um, he's always been someone who reaches the broken. Um, Anybody who's hurting, anybody who's going through something, he always, I don't know why, but you attract like the weirdest (laughs) people. And I always was like, this is so odd. But, uh, you know, give you an example is uh, at our church, we had a young guy who was going through a hard time. And I went on a walk with him and he was telling me some of the stuff that he was going through. And I was like, dude, get over it. You're acting like a baby. I think you need to man up and get, you know, get some, uh, grit in you. And he, and he, meanwhile, <laughs> Raf, <Raph, laughs> he's talking to him. He ends up going alone on a walk with him too. Not a walk, but just start talking to him. And, um, he's just like reminding him who he is, how God sees him, his identity in Christ to reshape his mind through <laughs> reshaping the thoughts that he thinks. And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Maybe I I made this worse than it needed to be. But I thought he needed a little tough love, and Raph's just not like that. He he, Raph is very like, I'm gonna stride with people. I'm gonna love them where they're at, and I'm going to um, try to empower them and make them feel seen. And I think that's huge. So um, I think Raph has a hu- Raph and I are gonna start a podcast, a married married couples podcast. Um, it's going to be coming out in a couple months now that we've got a few years under the belt. Um, I think we're, we're destined for a podcast, marriage podcast.
1: You're pointing at something. (laughs) (laughs) That was my
0: superhero stance.
1: Okay.
0: All right. Next question. How do you think Anissa's past and sorry, Anissa and Nicole's past plays a part in how close you are now?
2: Um I would say like I was saying before it comes down to a matter of understanding them better than someone who wouldn't know these details does so I think knowing more about her and knowing more about these pivotal moments in her life even though they were so negative um just helps to deepen the relationship you know just like anything else would any sharing of childhood memories and like of good times and bad times um it helps me my work's cut out for me you know it shows me like in what areas i need to be able to help her in more and that affects like how we go about certain things um how i approach topics with her um but it it works as if like any any other relationship you know it's just a part of the person
0: okay so now, what are some tips or advice that we can give to people who are dating or married to survivors?
1: I think uh, the biggest thing is patience. Uh, I know uh, patience, and it's said a thousand times, but actually practicing it uh, is a whole other thing, is, is not reacting, um, is, is listening and not reacting and trying to understand um, where someone's at. It's, it's a trigger is something to where they're responding to something that's that's been ingrained into them. And it's not something they want to be doing or can acknowledge or pull themselves out of, but to listen, understand, and to, and it depends on the situation. It really, it's something to where uh, to encourage. I mean, to speak truth, I think is a huge thing. Um, I think people get into a negative place when they're triggered and to speak truth of who they are, remind them who they are, remind them where God's brought them to. Um, Just um, I think so many times in our own personal lives, we forget who we are and what god has done for us so i think often it's it can be simple to say but it's hard to do in the right time in the moment but it is reminding the person who they are and where god's brought them to
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i agree um i think if you're giving someone advice about this it is very different whether they're married or dating you know if you're married that is your priority is to help the other person and to love them and to be the best person you can be for them to support them and to find healing with them, I think. Um, I think if you're dating, you might not understand. Like I didn't understand like the depth to which this goes, and how affected a life can be by sexual abuse. And so, um, I think if you're dating, like the best advice would be to just come, like, come to understand that this is this is a lot, and that you need to find that healing with the with the person in your relationship you know and you need to know that like this isn't going to be an ordinary relationship that you might have had before that this is going to be one that you are going to be having to understand a situation that might be very very foreign to you and it's very doable and it's very good it just requires that understanding and that pursuit of love and of comfort and of healing And of being patient and of being understanding Yeah, I think it's like any marriage
1: I mean it's it's or even dating is thinking someone more than yourself Mm -hmm. you know it's not uh, everyone's Mm -hmm. a relationship today is all about me it's about me 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 but it's it's a relationship if you think get out of yourself and think about the other person it will always grow and get better Mm -hmm. and I think for someone who's been triggered or someone who's been through sexual abuse that's exactly what's needed
0: yeah well, good. And I just want to leave with maybe some tips for a survivor um, who's dealing with a dating and, or is married. And my first advice would be to definitely talk to your spouse or the person that you're dating about your situation, because you don't want to just be in a relationship and that be an unknown topic to that person because they won't know how to meet any needs that you have. How can they be patient with you if they don't know what you've gone through? So you want to talk about that. And um, something that's really helped me is, and I know we've talked about this a hundred times, but having a counselor, um, if you can do couples counseling too, we, Raph and I did that before we got married and it was great in many ways. Um, it brought to light a few things and and yeah. was helpful for communication. Um, but if you don't want to do any of this, if you're like, hey, these guys are weird. <laughs> There's not a real love like that out there. We just say that just keep coming back to these podcasts. Just keep listening and just keep believing that your story matters and that there is hope. And we promise you that if you're date, if you're a single person, that there is guys out there like the two guys that we are lucky enough to be married mm-hmm. to. So we love you. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We would love for you to subscribe so that you can get each and every episode right away. We'd also love to see you rate, review, and share this podcast with your friends. Every time you share this podcast, it not only means the world to us, but it also gives us more exposure. So to learn more about us, go to treesofhope.org.
3: Bye.